one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I almost tried trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love being trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the trap, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Hello and welcome to the Trapping Today podcast. This is Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you guys here as always. The podcast is brought to you by Cots. Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cotsbros has everything you need to get started on the trap line. And be sure to check out their clearance and special items. They've got a bunch of stuff on there that's in very limited quantity. Uh, some new bait, new lure for coyotes, uh, and, and a few other options that you can check out. So go to Cotsbros.com and find out what's available. We're also brought to you by Onyx Maps. Use your phone as a GPS. Get scouting, get landowner information. Uh, scout, use the latest aerial imagery and scout places that you want to trap. Uh, keep track of where you're going on the trap line and what's around you. It's just a great tool to have. And as we're getting into the trapping season, and uh, a lot of you folks are probably doing some last minute scouting, like oftentimes is the case, uh, it's, it's a great, great scouting tool it really is um, you can you can browse around the maps the aerial imagery the roads and everything uh, while you're at home and kind of prepare and then you get out in the field and keep track of of where you're going and go and actually look at those places that you've kind of scouted uh, on the phone or on the app ahead of time uh, you can also do it on your desktop if you want a bigger screen but then you get out on the ground and you can see how those places pan out um, what they actually look like, what there is for sign, and and you can make a bunch of notes and mark locations to set traps and that sort of thing. So Onyx Maps, the hunt app, is the way to go. You can get 20% off your first purchase if you go to onyxmaps.com and at checkout use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, for 20% off. And finally, we're brought to you by the Trapping Today store. I have a few announcements to make on that. The Predator Pack, uh, very popular. Uh, three lures, long distance call, Predator and Predator Plus. Uh, that is in stock. So I, I wasn't keeping quite good track of the stock. I restocked, but I didn't add the stock to the store. So it did run out, but it's, it is in stock. I adjusted that. So folks who, who weren't able to order that, you can order that now. And with Predator Pack, uh, for a limited time while supplies last, I am allowing substitutions, and so th- this is a three lure deal for uh, $75. That includes shipping, and if you don't want one of those lures and you want to substitute it for something else, you can uh, purchase the Predator Pack and then send me a message through the store and tell me what you want to substitute it with, and as long as I have uh, enough supply of, of that substitute lure, I'm happy to do that. So uh, be sure to to take advantage of that opportunity and uh, a new lure fall fur call is in stock Uh, i just put that on the market been using it for for a while now and uh, uh, when we have more time at some point i'll talk a little bit more about that Uh, shipping to canada just a quick item of business Uh, it is uh, i have changed some of the shipping rates to canada because of uh, a situation i had with a recent order where basically the order 
an order for $110 to Canada cost me 80 something dollars to ship with, uh, I had a unexpected, unanticipated import fees were tacked on to the order. And, uh, the trigger seems to be a hundred dollars that, uh, when the postal service rates skyrocket, so the best option is UPS, but then the UPS option includes a requirement for importer fees. And it's just it, the paperwork and the cost is absolutely outrageous. I lost a bunch of money on that order. So any Canadian orders over $100 uh, is going to have a $50 added fee tagged onto it. I'm sorry about that. I love our neighbors to the north, sell a lot of lure to Canada and, and a lot of other products. But uh, it, it is it is just... Uh, it's a very challenging thing with with importing customs and and all that stuff but uh if if you keep it under 100 i think i still can do those for 15 dollars. and of course every other item uh on on the store to for the u.s ships ships for free so everything u.s orders it's all shipping is included in the prices already and then finally we have a special deal three books uh Walter Arnold, Main Trapper, Stories from the Last Mountain Men, my new book, More Than Wolverine, an Alaska Wilderness Trapline, and the Fall Fur Hunt in Maine book. All three of those books, I have a special three-book deal. Uh, that would normally cost you $59. Those, uh, That three-book deal is going to cost you $40 free shipping. This is a smoking deal, so take advantage of it. Even if you have one or two of the books already, get the pack. You can give them away as gifts uh, if you already have whatever books you already have. But um, I, I, uh, I'd like to move some books coming into the holiday season. So that is a, a special deal for a limited time, three books for $40. And it's only available at trappingtodaystore.com. All right, thanks, guys, uh, for uh, sticking with me for all those announcements and, and ads. Now we're going to talk about tonight's episode. This is a great one. I'm really excited to bring this to you. I talked with Jason Vance, who is a trapper from southern coastal Maine area. Jason is becoming pretty well known. He's making quite a name for himself because he puts up huge numbers of of, uh, animals, runs some long trap lines. Jason has, he's one of those guys that has just absolutely, he, he takes takes trapping season off of work and he goes hard and he he's done incredibly well in Maine with canines foxes and coyotes he's also uh, put up big numbers of beaver if you follow him on his Instagram page you'll find all kinds of really impressive pictures Jason uh, recently went to Kansas the last couple of seasons and he put up last year he put up 400 coyotes in Kansas uh, it just a uh, he is, he is a really good trapper. He's also trapped in a couple of other states as well. So we're going to talk about that. Had a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy this. And there is an opportunity, if you pay attention during this episode, Jason is offering a chance for folks to join him on his Kansas trap line. And uh, he's going to put you up, feed you, and uh, you get to go spend a day on the line checking traps with him and, and picking up tips and, and ideas. And, and I, I think really that on the line instruction is very difficult to beat. And I think it's a great opportunity. So pay attention. There's limited slots available. And uh, you'll, he, he'll, he'll mention the details and his phone number as we get into it during the episode. All right, Jason Vance, Maine Trapper. Good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So I thought we'd get started. I, I think uh, a lot of people are probably going to recognize you from uh, your Instagram account, I'm guessing, because you got all these pictures of pickup trucks loads full of coyotes and beavers and all kinds of other fur. Uh, and and uh, you have quite an accomplished uh, long line trapper. So um, a, a lot of people, I think, are going to be excited to hear some of the, you know, some of the advice and some of your stories and, and stuff along the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe we can start by just getting a, a feel for uh, what got you into trapping and how you got started. Well, one thing I want to do, want to point out though, is like on my Instagram and Facebook, um, I did put up a lot of numbers, but some of that, some of them were done with partners. So um, you're able to do, you know put up a lot more animals but uh some were on my own and some were uh with partners and 
we'll get into that as later um, as far as who I've trapped with. But as far as trapping, um, I got into it. I've been trapping since I was 10 years old. Um, I first got into it on, I was on a school bus and uh, I was sitting with a kid that had a fur fish game magazine and, uh, he was looking through it and I kept looking over and, and eventually, you know, I, I, he, uh, gave it to me and, uh, I started looking at it and flipping through it and it was just, you know, all these animals and these stories and, and stuff and it intrigued me. So I, uh, read more and more. There wasn't too many trappers in my area um, where I was trapping. I grew up in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, and it's a tourist area, so it's not too much uh, woods or anything. So I was able, but I did live in the rural part of it, so I was able to get out into the woods. And then I started looking for tracks and seeing all these animal tracks, and it, and then I wanted to catch one. So, yeah. Um, so then uh, my first animal that I caught was a raccoon. Um, and uh, and then that next one was a, a muskrat. And, you know, and then, but uh, coyote, as far as coyotes, um, it took me till I was like 21 to catch, catch, catch a coyote. And you, you were trying for coyotes right from the beginning? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I started out with muskrats. It wasn't until I got my license. I was like 16. I got my license and then I was hitting all the farms local to me. Um, and some of those farms I still trap even to this day. Um, but, yeah, I started trapping uh, before school and after school um, once I got my license. But I still couldn't catch catch a coyote and you know just aggravated me and but it also drove me to you know try to catch one so yeah um foxes i could catch foxes no problem raccoons and uh but that coyote uh it uh it took me a while to get there (laughs) (laughs) and when you when you finally did catch that coyote how how did did something just click or did it take you a while to really get into to where you were putting up numbers Oh, it still took me a while because, I mean, that one, uh, it's still, and, and Maine doesn't really have that many coyotes, so it's, it's to me, it's harder to catch a coyote here um, versus Kansas just because there's less of them. But, um, you know, I think that year I only caught one, and then it was like the next year it was um, five or six, you know, and then I was stuck at like 25 for a while. Um and then, you know, but it was fine tuning. I didn't really have too many people around me that trapped coyotes. And when I, the ones that did the old, the old timers, they didn't want to give up any of their secrets. So <laughs> a lot of my stuff was magazines, trial and error, you know, and, and videos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Tom Miranda's, um, Fox and Coyote, um, video was one of the first ones that I bought. And then it was JC, uh, Crawford's um, fox and coyote uh, trapping videos. I watched those and just kept trying different things till till I started catching. And then once I got comfortable with it, I mean, and didn't do it. I would be. I remember setting traps in the backyard um, all summer, just trying to fine tune my sets and and uh, just practice at them. So that opening day, I wasn't. Uh, wasn't fumbling around and getting my trying to get my sets out. Was there any one particular thing that you learned that that uh, had had the greatest impact on your success in catching coyotes? Patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing that I lack, but um, with coyotes, it's just patience and be persistent on doing it. I talk to a lot of people, and you know, they buy traps and they think that they're going to go out and set a trap and catch a coyote and some may but to catch them in numbers it's just you know you have to be patient and and work at it and have the coyotes to catch yeah yeah i think i i joke with guys in the past that the you know the secret to the big catches is finding areas where those animals are at i mean and i Mm -hmm. think you've said that before you want to catch a lot of coyotes don't do it in maine because you're not going to have much luck (laughs) No, 
know, and yeah, you just got to go to a state that has, you know, I mean, last year it was 431 coyotes, but there was 431 coyotes to catch more than 431 coyotes. It's just, um, it's a lot of work and just deep setting traps. Yeah. And in Maine, I mean, you put up some excellent numbers for Maine as well. What 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 are we talking about as terms of coyotes and, and fox and uh, in Maine? Coyotes and foxes. Uh, and again, this was I had the opportunity to trap with uh, Neil Olson for a few years. And um, on my line, I was at like fifty, right around. I think it was seventy seven. I caught seventy nine fox and coyotes one year, um, and then that was that had was the most that I had caught. And then, um, I had the opportunity, like I said, to trap with Neil and, uh, we did a line and, um, my, we ran my line here in Southern Maine and we, we trapped 128 foxes and 77 coyotes. That was, uh, <laughs> um, best season in Southern Maine off the line that I had. That's amazing. And, and you're dealing yeah. with small pieces of property, lots of, different landowners and probably all kinds of issues that that uh, can make it frustrating to be a trapper yeah usually usually in a usually we have it we would have at least one human interaction every day um and i think we at the at the end of that season it was probably about over 20 different things that we you know came in contact with humans or had problems with with them or and it was just it, it gets frustrating and sometimes takes the uh the fun out of trapping because you know you don't want to deal with all that but i still wanted to trap and i still wanted to catch coyotes and foxes and and uh but it's just getting harder and harder every year because my area is getting built up um more and more and that's why this year i kind of got a thing that i'm gonna before i go to kansas i'm gonna run my old line and um try to go back to some of the places where i caught some of my first animals uh where i caught my first guy out there's a house there so um that area can't be trapped but um yeah just try to go back to my roots and do it here while i can and uh because it because we're losing it in southern maine more and more every year just because of lack of uh well just because of uh, losing properties and just stuff. development, right? It, it, it either either yeah. your trapping grounds turning into houses, or there's houses nearby and they're too close to trap around. Too, too close to trap around, and you know, yeah, and people, some of them have turned into nature, nature trails and stuff like that. So it's just just harder and harder every year. Yeah, that you you have to want to trap bad to to keep doing it with all those issues, huh? Yeah, exactly, and then that's why I like. Um, again, I was trapping with Neil and I got the opportunity to go out in 2018 to Texas and New Mexico. And once I went out there, it was, it changed everything because it's a lot easier to trap those people out there. The ranchers and the farmers, they're happy to see you because they have problems with the coyotes and, you know, they open, they welcome you to come down there and trap. So, um, by trapping down there, that kind of opened my eyes and it's like this is fun and it's you know there's no hassle and you don't have to look over your shoulder all the time you know not at not being doing something wrong it's just right you know is there somebody here watching me you know trap yeah that's that trap that was like when i went to alaska it was amazing you you feel like you're free like like you're you're not always watching yourself and trying to make sure you're not doing something wrong or whatever just like you can enjoy trapping Mm -hmm. so so texas and new mexico was your first uh, out of state trapping experience out of state yeah and did you go back after that season no i only went to those states once um and then when i got back here i continued trapping um my other line but then i wanted to i seen it that it was easier to trap out there and you could put up big numbers and I wanted to catch a hundred coyotes in a season. So I did my homework and, you know, looked at places that had a lot of coyote uh, problems and they harvested a lot of coyotes. And one of the States was Kansas, which um, I think the year that I looked at, they, they had produced 52,000 coyotes. <laughs> I guess that was what was reported. And so you, you were um, some of the, you didn't know anybody in Kansas. 
You'd never, probably never been there before. Nope. Never been there before. Um, I talked to a few people and some people, you know, in the trapping world, uh, tried to talk me out of it and said that I didn't want to go down there. There was too many people down there. Um, and then I had another one, Ed Snyder from Kansas trap line. I was talking to him and he's like, just go do it. You know? So we got the phone with him one night and I, uh, went online, bought a plane ticket and flew out to Kansas. (laughs) And that was a trip. That was a trip just to knock on doors and get permission. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, at first I wasn't sure why people weren't um, answering their door, but when I get out of a rental car and that was an SUV and knock on doors with an envelope, you know, a clipboard trying to get permissions, <laughs> I look like a salesman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so not too many people answered the doors, and I, I finally found that out because I asked one rancher farmer that was farming his field there when I came through heading back to the airport and i stopped in and he's like first thing he said was what you sell what are you selling and i'm like nothing i said i just want to trap coyotes and so i got that was my first permission oh really there. so you were almost almost yeah. leaving to, until you got your first yep. one wow <laughs> and um and and again some of them that i talked to um they didn't want to give me permission because i mean my best year with a partner was 77 coyotes in Maine, but they look at that as a low catch out there and they want the coyotes gone. So I had one rancher that basically told me that I wasn't qualified to, um, catch, (laughs) catch coyotes. So, um, and then, so I was like, all right, I, you know, I just, I go out there and they don't know, know me from Adam. And, uh, so he wanted to see my Facebook, my Instagram, and that still wasn't enough. So, I went down the road. Funny thing is I went down the road and I got permission from another rancher. Now this is the second time I went out and I rented a pickup. Truck okay. <laughs> this time when I went out and looked less of a sale. Were, were you, this, this time, did work. you have trapping gear at this time, the second time or did you, 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 no, I flew out again wow. two months That's later. That's persistence. <laughs> yeah. I was, I still wanted to trap there. So I, I flew out a second time and, and did it right this time and uh with the truck and everything and people started answering doors and stuff um but this one rancher i asked permission after i left from that previous rancher and um he gave me uh he told me look look he goes i hear it all the time people want to come down catch coyotes hunt everything he goes you show up he goes when you say you're going to i'll give you a piece of ground to trap and uh so i did um, I showed up, uh, it was Christmas Eve. I got, I mean, not take that back. I'm sorry. Uh, New Year's Eve. I showed up there and, um, I got my trapping license, knocked on his door and he gave me some ground to trap. And I just went out and started setting it. The first day I got there, it was late and I only got four traps out. Um, but that, cause I wanted something to catch check next morning. And I had one guy. Really? <laughs> so, um, but that next day I ended up, uh, getting in 60 traps and um the following day on the next check i had 20 coyotes so this was a how big was this piece of land that you got 60 traps on uh, it was it was a bunch of like half sections quarter sections and full sections and a section is like one square mile yeah. 640 um, acres so there was a bunch of those i he gave i had probably a total of maybe 15 15,000 acres to uh trap um so it was funny when I got back there that, that night he was taking pictures, the rancher was. And then, um, so the next day I come back in and I have 18 coyotes <laughs> and the rancher is like, he goes, Hey, he goes, my brother-in-law wants you to trap my property, uh, his property. And he's like, are you willing to do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he's like, just give me his name and you know, where he lives. And it was the, it was the rancher that I first talked to that didn't think I was qualified <laughs> to trap. And so, and I was like asking about the guy in Maine. So he's like, hold on. He goes, we'll call him up. So he calls him up and he's like, Hey, you got that trapper here. And he says that he, he told me that he was down here last year, uh, earlier this year to ask you to trap. And, uh, he's from Maine. And he's like, Oh, he goes, Shit. he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, tell him, I'm sorry, but if he wants to, uh, <laughs> to trap my land. So that opened up, he has probably 150,000. Wow. Acres. That is some ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so he owns and then now i'm learning that he owns it into oklahoma and texas so eventually i can expand down through there if i want to in later years trap um to continue down i've figured i want to put some good numbers up maybe in the next few years so it's just more ground that he owns and that i have available to me so yeah so, so you put together, uh, it, that first time you went, you had a couple hundred coyotes. Yeah. That first, I went out in January and in 16 days, I caught 201, yeah. um, coyotes. And then I went out cause trapping, uh, Kansas has a, has a, uh, when you buy your trapping license, it's good for, um, one year from when the time you buy it. So I went out last January and trapped for two weeks well 16 days and then i went out again uh this past thanksgiving and trapped the same areas um again for another four weeks out there which gave me a total of 431 coyotes boy that's good <laughs> that, that is a that is a lot of animals that's <laughs> yeah. pretty crazy and like you said the animals are there to catch but that is still a lot of work yeah it is it it i mean I had uh, I had some help skinning the first time, but this last time when I went out, um, I I stunned everything myself, put it up, thinking that the fur prices were going to be okay. Because when I sold the year before, I just skinned and froze them and sold them for there. And the fur buyer that I sold to is like, well, I'll give you a little bit more if you put them up. So this past year, I put them up in uh, December. And I got half of what half the price of what I got in January for them put up. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a little bit of a difference in the market and everything. So. And and from my understanding, those coyotes are are not they're not an eastern coyote, but they're not a western coyote either. Yeah, they're in between. I mean, you get a mix of some of them, or um, you get that some of them they got the nice white bellies but some of them come from like a, they're like a missouri coyote which is are like a reddish mm. you know and they don't have and uh some of them have the red bellies and stuff which are which are not good so and um they're saying that this year it's not going to be <laughs> too, the market's not going to be good either so but i'm still going to be out there catching coyotes <laughs> yeah so so explain that like like what is the what is your uh how how do you um how do you keep going when you the market's just not there well um i like to catch coyotes so in traps so i basically come back to maine and i work all summer um and you know uh work probably seven days a week and uh save up my money and then some of the ranchers will pay or pay i get a little bit of a bounty for some of the uh the coyotes that I catch on some of the, the farms, but some of them I trap for nothing because they allow me to stay there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting this year. Um, I'm going to see if I can get some, you know, some kind of help because basically they're saying that those coyotes that I got last year are pretty much worthless um, this year. So yeah, um, there's going to be a lot that are going to be thrown out. But... And and the, the gas prices are going to be more than you paid last year, more than likely. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah. Cause I think I was paying two fifty last year and it's right around three little, about three ten or three fifteen from what I, what I'm getting out there now. Yeah. yeah it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be rough, <laughs> but, but you love, you love to catch them and the, the landowners want you catching them. So yeah, I think that's, that's great. Cause like you said, you, you build yourself a reputation as, as someone who, who can really control those animals and catch, catch coyotes. Right. I mean, there's gotta be some opportunities that develop from that. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other, one of the other things why I want to go out there um, this year again is just to put a face there um, and trap because I mean, it took me a little bit to get into there, but I don't want to lose my spots, and I feel like I need to go out there, trap them. Um, like I said, just to put a face there, because if if I don't trap them, maybe somebody else, you know, is going to come in, or they're going to need somebody to to come in to trap. Them. Yeah, Kansas seems to be a, a target of several big names that that go to to run up big numbers. Mm-hmm. And I have one ranch this past year. It was 
it was crazy how many coyotes were on it. I trapped it. I took off of a 5,000 acre um, pasture, 77 coyotes. It's, and um, I left my the rancher and asked if I could leave my traps out. They told her the warden okayed it, um, that I would leave them out. And so I, the warden okayed it. She had a trapping license and she just continued running my line that was on there. I think it was like 35, 40 traps. And she ended up catching another 40, 41 coyotes off and, that 5,000 acres. Without even moving those traps. Without moving so, the traps. So those animals are, are just constantly filtering back into any place. Filtering back in, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, it's the land out there is so, I mean, it's so open and it's so big. Um, and some of the ranchers don't won't let you trap um, because of what, there's a lot of night hunt, uh, coyote hunting and stuff like that down there. So um, those guys like to go in and hunt them. So some of the ranchers save their land for for the uh, for the predator hunters there. And so, but it's just so big out there that everything just where I am trapping. Once those animals are caught the other ones are just filling in from other areas so yeah it's just it's crazy it's it's a full day <laughs> that's for sure it, it, and when you get 15 or so at the end of you know and you're up to 15 coyotes you're like you're hoping and you still have 30 traps to check that you're hoping that those are empty <laughs> yeah because like you were telling me i i couldn't believe you were putting up those numbers and going home going back to the ranch and skinning at the end of the day yeah well, I'm down there to trap, and I, you know, I, there's no TV where I am, and so it's like I have nothing else to do. I just, you know, trap, skin, get up in the morning, check traps, and you know, just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. But so the and and it's it's like uh, I when I hear Kansas, my understanding is there just a lot of people are probably trying to figure out why are the coyote numbers so high, and I know there's. T- this is feedlot country, right? I mean, there's tons and tons yeah. of cattle there and, and a lot of uh, a source of food from dead cattle and other things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's feedlots. I I only have one one feedlot that I trap. Um, all the rest is off from just private uh, private ground. I've tried to get into some feedlots, but those are pretty much sewed up from a lot of people from other other states that are down in there doing the same thing that I am, so... Um, but just on a, on those, uh, feedlots, which those, the feedlots, a lot of them have more mange in them than what, cause I, when I trapped last year, I, the first time I went out, um, I think a total between the two, I only had like 50, a little over 50 coyotes that were mangy. Um, so the other ones were pretty decent coyotes. Yeah. So. so they, so so they're kind of like, like, like for folks that don't know, these are, these feedlots are like feeding tens of thousands of animals in one place. Yeah. Some of them have like 30,000, 30,000, uh, head of cattle in them that they're, um, yeah, they're just feeding. So they have their dead piles and, um, and what you can do. I mean, so I haven't, the most I've caught down there was I've caught a, a triple because I set three traps this year. I'm going to try to expand my line and put, five or six because um if you're trapping around those feedlots or in a good area you can catch five to six coyotes at a time um i've seen pictures of up to eight in one one circle so um now do you know if they're are they running in big groups or is it just smaller groups that are constantly coming through oh i mean there it's a it's a mix of both i mean i've seen even driving the driving around checking traps um I'm pushing coyotes out of the pastures and sometimes you see four or five together. Um, and, but it's just in those feedlots, those coyotes are constantly coming in there because they know that there it's, there's food there. Those they're putting their dead, uh, they're dead. They have dead piles. So I set up a few of them and it's, it's a little different than trapping Maine. Um, and it's, and it's interesting to see one rancher, um, at that ranch that I caught the 77 at, they had a cow that had a um, had a broken foot, and they were giving it antibiotics for some reason. But they drug the cow the that cow out into the pasture and told me, you know, set traps around it. So I I did. I set like eight traps, and um, 
waited and waited and waited and the coyotes would not touch it. Um, and then later to find out, somebody told me that they won't touch a coyote that has, that's been, uh, I mean, a cow that has antibiotics. Yeah. They, they know something's wrong with it. Yeah. They know something was wrong with it and never, you know, never touched it. I kept, caught the coyotes, you know, maybe 30, 40 yards away. Um, but they wouldn't come in to touch that cow. So that cow sat there and sat there. <laughs> wow. And, uh, it's just crazy that those coyotes are smart enough or I'm not smart, but they can sense that, uh, yeah. that there's something wrong Yeah, without even tasting the meat or anything. Right. Uh, from a distance. So, huh. so, so 400 plus animals, uh, to me that, that means you had an incredible number of opportunities to learn things about how yep. an animal approaches a set to try different things. Uh, it, you know, what, it, how did that increase your experience as a coyote trapper? Well, one of the things that increased it was being able to, well, it's building confidence. Um, and, you know, I'm confident that when I set a trap, I'm going to catch one. Um, but the other thing that I think that increased my catch quite a bit was trail setting. So it was basically doing something that, up here and i've started working that into my sets up here that i do uh here and just trying to blind set them and um and that was so that took me to a different level of being able to catch coyotes and and seeing how effective the trail setting trail setting was so and it is it's it's totally totally different than just setting a dirt hole and to me that that increased my catch um, quite a bit. And this year here, I'm looking to set more um, blind sets. And uh, I guess it's called, it's basically a mafia set. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that, that there has helped me put up a lot more. Um, are there, are there things that you found effective there that you can't do in Maine? Mm, well, the the only difference like here in Maine I like to use a a um a step down set so and I use a a step down set here but when I went to Kansas and used it it looked out of place I mean because it's all sandy uh, it's just to me it I looked at it and I'm like I don't think that's gonna work um so I just so I went to moving my trap in a different position and. Uh, and making more, making it more flat than yeah. like it's a, a step down set. So that was a little bit different going out there from trapping here and farmland and pasture in, you know, cow field, uh, dairy farms here. And I would make, it's easier to make that step down in that bowl set, but out there with the wind, the wind blows a lot too. So it fills everything in. So it was trying going to more of a flat set out there. Yeah. That was, and did you did you use the dirt hole set much out there? I used the dirt hole set, but just in different, in a different way. The set, like like I said here, I use like a bold, like a step down. There it was just a dirt hole with a flat set, or just a, um, just a little hole with my uh, driver. I drive it into the ground, and that's another issue that they're having out there. Last year, when I went out in January just before i left they got like two feet of snow um in kansas that december and then it was gone mostly by the time it got there and then so when i went out this past thanksgiving um they were in like a drought and they're still in a drought the ground last year was so hard that i had to get a um camp axe to chop my trap out. and this year talking to the ranchers and the farmers they're still in a drought and they in the area that i am and some of the ranchers haven't seen rain since a year ago this past year that is incredible wow so um yeah so the conditions are going to be a little bit um crazy this year i think too as well Hmm. i wonder if that'll affect the the coyote numbers too well, some of the ranchers, because I keep I keep in touch with them, and they say that you know the numbers are still up, but some of them, I mean, there's been fires in some of the areas too, so that's um, some haven't seen as many, and some have seen more. So um, it'll be interesting when I get down there as to what happened, you know, because like I said, one rancher said that they lost a lot of 
ground to uh, a fire this past April, and then some of them have been seeing a lot of them. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so yeah. I'm curious about. Uh, did you just up and take all your traps from Maine that you used for coyotes here, and and sent go out to Kansas, or did you re-rig and and have a different setup for that trapping? No, I used the same traps here um, that I used down in Kansas, but since then, the first year that I went down, this past year, I just bought new, um, and I I use a Duke 650 out there now, um, but I still carry them back and forth because the Duke 650 I use here in uh, beaver trapping. So Yeah, for guys that um, don't know, you can't use it for coyote trapping here because of the jaw spread, right? Jaw spreads are too yeah. big, yep. So it's a universal trap for me doing it that way because I'll trap coyotes out there in Kansas to come back here and trap the beavers. But on my regular line here, I'm just using a, a regular Duke uh, 550. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's a that's another big part of putting up big numbers is that you got to have a lot of traps and you got to manage traps. all those traps. <laughs> yeah, and um, I like the bigger jaw spread on the. Um, on the 650s to be able to use them down in Kansas. You have more of a, a chance of catching them. Um, yeah. With a bit, with a bigger trap. Are, are you using pan covers with those? I don't use a pan okay. cover. Everybody I, uh, that I've done demos for and, and watch me do demos. I do not use a pan cover whatsoever nothing. here or in Kansas. And any, nothing under the pan polyfill or anything. Nope, no polyfill, nothing. I just think it's one less thing that you have to to deal with, and I don't want to. I just want to get out, set the trap, and not mess with a pan cover. Um, I do file my dot notches on my um, on my night latches uh, when I take the trap out of the box. I take half of it off, so my trap has very little drop in okay. it before it springs. Yeah. So sometimes it's kind of too iffy, uh, too too low but it's it works for me and um a few other people have tried it that i know and they've since went to not using a pan cover anymore. so you're looking for speed yeah speed yeah and that's why i try to keep my sets either a dirt hole or a flat set you know and don't get too caught up in making elaborate sets because it's you keep it simple and in and out and you're off to the next location yeah if you spent 20 minutes at a spot trying to put in a trap or two you'd be you wouldn't get very much done no no and i trapped it it was funny i trapped a fiat farm uh one day and um i go in and some trappers were in there and i went in to my spot and i set it and came back out and i was there for like i don't know i i sometimes time it and i can get two traps in in 15 minutes and less than 15 minutes and in and out and one of the trappers on the way out he's like Did you only set one trap and it's like no i said i put two um but again out here in maine what i try to do is i try to next week i'm going to be out setting pre-driving all my state yeah um so that opening day all i'm doing is just um you know fastening a trap to it and setting it and going but out in kansas it's a different i mean because um out there, I have to pull them and I have to drive everything and drive all my stakes the day they put them in. So is that is that a is that a rule there or law? No, it's just that I don't have time out there when I get out oh, there, okay. yeah. and I pull all my equipment because I don't want something, you know, leave a chain still in the ground and a farmer goes over it with a, you know, right. his piece of machinery gets caught in it, yeah. and you know, yeah. But here in Maine, I pull everything every year, but two weeks before the season i'll go out and start driving in my earth anchors and getting them all in so opening day here it's just get out put a trap and and go yeah yeah for speed but out there i wish if if i lived out there i would probably do it but, right um no here 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 it speeds things up yeah so you're still gonna trap here in maine and and are you going back to kansas yeah i'm gonna trap here for two weeks um for early canine and then the first once general trapping season opens here in maine i'm going to uh, go back i used to catch a lot of fisher um years ago when we could run running pole sets so um i'm gonna 
try to run a foot trap, a foot line, foothold line for them and go back to all my running poles and just put a uh, set at the base of each one of them with a foot trap because our official population in here in southern Maine is kind of crazy. So I'm going to see if I can catch some fisher and, you know, a little bit of beaver and otter here before I go out to Kansas in November 10th. Oh, so you're going to go rel- relatively early there. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit earlier just to try to get a better quality of fur. Because um, when I go out, and you know, later on in the season, they start rubbing and, you know, it's not worth it. The, the fur is really worthless then. Um, so I'm going to try to go out a little bit earlier. And their cat season um, starts, I think it's the 15th of November. So uh, I want to be out there so that I can, when I set traps, that I can... Uh, I can keep the cats as well. Kansas has a, you can trap coyotes year round in Kansas, but you just have to let the raccoons and the, and the uh, bobcats go if you catch them or, uh, out of season. So okay. I want to wait and get, keep, be able to keep the cats at the same and time. How long does the cat season go? It goes until the end of February, I think it nice. is out there. Did you catch very many of those your last couple times? Last year, last year, I mean, just on accident, I didn't really set for any. I had eight the first time I was out there, and I had six the the, the next time, uh, the year time before that. So I took fourteen. And are you in the two times that I went out there? To try. So, so are there some things that you're going to do to try to target them that's different than your coyote line? Yeah, I'm going to try to set more brushier areas. Um, you know, get into some of those brusher areas, but the farmers too, it's some of it's going to be, be if I'm going to be able to get into them because with their drought down there, that the ranchers, you know, they don't want you to go through that tall grass, which I totally understand because it's just a fire hazard and stuff. So, um, with your vehicle, vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to see if I can get into some of the brushy areas. If I don't, then I'm just going to just do what I do what I done the last two times and, you know, catch whatever I can for cats. Yeah. Probably not much uh, public land anywhere around there, huh? No, most of it, everything that I'm on is just, is private and and stuff. I haven't seen too much public land out there in my, in the area that I am. Yeah. Now for, for a trapper that wants to kind of experience this and learn from, from this Kansas trap line, um, but doesn't want to go a couple of airline trips preseason and get permission and go through that whole process and and doesn't have the time to take off and work for the winter. Um, I think this would be a pretty cool experience, and I understand that you might you might be uh, offering for some people to come along with you this winter. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking ride-alongs uh, like on on the line instructions um, and. Um, I'm just offering that to anybody that's interested in coming down and experiencing a Kansas long line. Um, I'll be able to put them up in a place. They would just have to get there. Um, and, uh, I'm doing that. It's $300 a day. Um, if anybody's interested in, in doing it. And I'm also doing the same thing here in Maine, uh, just trying to get people to, you know, try to teach them what I know and make it a little bit easier for them than what it was for me to learn how to catch coyotes. I mean, I know you have everything on YouTube and everything, but to see it and, you know, firsthand is a lot easier than sometimes watching it on a yeah, video. Yeah, you can watch hours and hours of video, but you have to actually, to me, you have to be there, and then all of a sudden it just yep. clicks, and it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, Because I wish I had that back in the in the day and i've i've been able to trap like i said i i trapped uh ed snyder's come down and trapped out there and he's since i mean i've gotten enough ground i've given you know he's he's trapping on some of the ground that i have down here and it's just um i've learned a lot from him and he's kind of helped me out quite a bit trapping out in kansas it's just different it is different out there but it's it's different but it's easier but it's easier because there's more of them to catch and the the coyotes are different they're more aggressive i think they work the sets totally different than the ones that we have here in maine um they're basically trying to get their next meal and 
they have to pretty much fight the other ones for it. Yeah. Huh. So, so for a ride along, someone would just have to get there. They got a place to stay, probably have some food for them and stuff. Um, yep. They just jump in yep. your truck and, and go trapping with you. Yep. And then I'm running, I'm running dark to from daylight to dark every, every day. So you so. get a full day. <laughs> yeah. And this year I'm going to, you know, I added a bunch more traps, so it's, it should be, um, should be, I'm hoping for a good year. What's the best way for someone to get a hold of you if they're interested in that? Um, if they want, they can just, uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, uh, Jason Vance, or my telephone number is 207-274-3286. Excellent. All right. Well, that sounds, that sounds like you're going to have a pretty good season. Um, now, it, it, people probably would be surprised to hear that coyotes maybe not your favorite animal to trap. No, I like trapping all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your your otter trapping. What's Tell that? us about your otter trapping. Why you love it so much? Oh, it's just it's it's catching the again. There here in Maine, it was one of those things that took me forever to catch. Um, learning their habits and stuff, and um, it's just walking up. I I I can remember walking up and seeing that long tail sticking up from. the from the water from an otter that I caught. So it was just, they're just a very interesting animal. And I don't know. It's just, I love trapping them. Yeah. So, Do you have quite a few of them down in your the area? Do you that? have quite a few of them where you trap in Maine? Yeah. In Maine, I, I trap down East, down through down East area. And there's, there's quite a few otter down through there. Um, and the population seems to be growing yeah. more and more, uh, Every year, uh, just yeah, there's a lot of them down there. When you see three or four of them a day, sometimes while you're down there checking, you know there's there's quite a few. There's quite a few otter. Yeah, we have. And then I had the opportunity last year um, to go out into Mississippi, and I trapped with Chris Walters out there in uh, Mississippi when I left Kansas. I went down there and trapped with him for. A little bit and it was different trapping otter down there than <laughs> what it is up here in Maine. yeah i bet it was <laughs> they have a lot of otter down there so it was an interesting thing and that's that's something that you know you get talking with people and like last year i went down there with him had the opportunity to go out there with him to trap and then this year i'm going to return the favor and he's coming to kansas to trap for a couple of weeks nice. with me on on my line out there as well so nice sometimes it helps if you can find somebody that traps in different parts of the area you know the country that you know you can work deals out and yeah be able to trap different areas while you still can you know right yeah for sure how'd you how'd you end up meeting him i just ran into him at um it was at a trapping convention i want to say it was in uh pennsylvania's trapping convention two years ago and we just got talking and uh uh yeah it we got talking and then we let up, it ended up uh you know hey if you ain't got nothing to do next year just you want to come down and and trap i think he had seen me on instagram or something or face and or on facebook or something and we just got talking and um yeah and then worked it out and then so i got done in kansas i called him up i was like hey i said you still want company and you know, and he's like, yeah, sure. So I went down and, you know, rode along with him for for three weeks down in, in Mississippi. Nice. Trapping. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. Uh, you were trapping around like, uh, uh, what was it? Catfish ponds down there? Yeah. Catfish ponds, just some duck pond, uh, like duck hunting is really big down there. So we were tra- trapping in some of the duck hunting clubs and stuff that wanted the beaver out of there and the otter. And so, yeah, I was running a mix of everything. And then also setting, when I got down there, we, I, we set up, I set up a lot more, um, you setting otter traps and I was setting fox and coyote traps. And, um, that was one of the other things that last year that I thought was pretty neat that I, I caught, a coyote in four states and a bobcat in four states. Nice. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Where what's the what's the uh, fourth state? I trapped uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma as well. Yeah. So I went Kansas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and then Maine. And how is what what'd you what'd you do mainly in Oklahoma? Just fox, just coyote trapping, um, and and cats. Oh, was that was that part there. of your Kansas trip, or was that separate? No, that was uh, the uh, Miss Oklahoma was two weeks. Um, that was separate. Okay. And how how would that compare to Kansas? Mm, it was different. Just some of their laws were different, um, but um, it was a little bit harder to to get permission and stuff down there. Was it? It actually in, um, but yeah, there was. I was going down there hoping to catch, you know, more than what I did, but I didn't. So I kind of, one of those things where I guess I didn't have patience enough to stay longer. I bought this trap. I wasn't catching what I expected to catch in my eyes. So it was, I should have waited it out because I don't think I gave it a fair, fair chance. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good point to make because a lot of times these trips don't work out the way you think they're going to. And and you, you either you hit it wrong or the circumstances just aren't quite lined up properly and uh that doesn't mean it's not a good place to trap it's just it just didn't happen to work out at that time right and then that's when i ended up from there i ended up going to uh, mississippi and going down there i was like well i'll go down there and see what it was and it's just basically just trying to see what state worked better and um stuff but oklahoma um i had to rework some of my traps because oklahoma doesn't allow four coil traps in my duke 650s were were four coiled um so yeah it was just some rules that were different that i wasn't prepared for so i guess if i was this year um i may try it again but just i'll be more prepared for it as far as trap wise yeah 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 it's funny some of the regulations you look and you're like why on earth is that and that right and there i guess their law goes back to they could used to use double long spring so their traps can only have two springs on it but uh i talked to the biologist and he said that he's trying they're trying to work it out that they can use four coiled so yeah yeah just a just just happened to be a kind of a, kind of a technicality that's why it's good to research because i was like i was in kansas and i was like i'll just go to oklahoma and then so i went there and then figured out that the laws were a little bit different so before you're going to someplace it's better to go through all the laws before you make that decision yeah and if you can talk to to someone who traps there too right exactly yep and i'm i know you do a fair bit of of spring beaver trapping yep Uh, back here in maine you're going to plan to do that again this this coming year yeah, I'm going to this year. Yeah, I'll be back in for April to trap here in uh, in Maine to do the do a spring beaver season and and that's yeah that's something that I'll always do. It's fun. It's there's a lot of beaver and uh, yeah. yeah that so I plan on this year trapping can uh, here Kansas and then it's up in the air. For, I may go to. South Carolina to trap some beaver down there, and then eventually I'll end up back here in April trapping spring beaver. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people listening to this that are pretty jealous of you right now. Yeah, it's I if if you can do it, you got to do it. Um, because I look at it as I'm not getting any younger, but also it's kind of scary way the world's going, and if you'll be able to trap. Um, and I have these opportunities to go to these different places. So, um, and I guess I went over it in my head and I, cause it back and forth as to whether to do it. And, you know, I just go back to, uh, thinking about what, you know, Ed, he's like, just go do it, do it while you can. And, you know, and it's, that's my thing now is I love to trap. So I work enough to be able to go and trap these different places and, and still make you know, make memories that I'll have for 
a long time. Yeah, that came up at, when we had that roundtable discussion at the Maine Trappers Association uh, meeting here a couple weeks ago, and and I think it was pretty pretty much consensus around the table. Everybody's like, just go and do it while you have the chance, because you don't know what, if if yeah. this might be your last opportunity. Right. Exactly. And so that's why I'll do it for while I can, and you know, and then. I don't know. We'll see. we'll see. Eventually, I would like to get down into go back to Texas and get into some of the high fence trapping down there for some of the high fences. But I guess eventually, I mean, it's just I have to put in my dues and, you know, try to hopefully an opportunity will come up that I can get down in there and, and trap some of those. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me that that's more of it like a, an opportunity to actually get paid, uh, pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So, but until then I just keep doing what I'm doing and having fun and enjoying what I'm doing and while I can. Yeah. And keep posting those pictures on Instagram and Facebook and, and, uh, take, take people along for the ride for sure. Yeah. I try to get, teach new, teach people how to do it. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, make it easier for somebody to to learn how to trap them and keep them in the in the sport because like i said i've talked to a lot of people that you know they get out of it because they vote they do it for two years and now i can't catch nothing but you know you teach them teach them try to teach them and try to keep them into the sport so yeah um there's more of us right yeah <laughs> that that is that's definitely been a challenge and, and that's good advice just yeah. just be patient and persistent and don't expect necessarily expect don't expect results overnight right yeah because yeah it took like it it takes a while to but then you build up your confidence the more you catch and and it yeah i i try to tell people that confidence it's not just in trapping either you know hunting and fishing is the same way confidence is a big deal right yep it is and i don't know i think it's like subconscious a lot of it where you don't even realize it but the more confident you are the more you're paying attention to the details the more focused you tend to be and and you just you seem to be more on point and and you get better results i think right and i think that's what a lot of my like earlier looking back it was like i i worried about too much about you know scent and you know um you know, how I'm setting the trap and, and stuff. And now I just do it, you know, it's like second nature. And there's, um, but I don't think that you have to worry about all the scent part of it too much as far as coyotes. Um, as much, I guess, out West here, I still haven't, I guess with the confidence part of it, I haven't gotten the confidence to set a trap here barehanded, but <laughs> out there yeah. in Kansas, I can set traps barehanded and it's, and I, I won't, I, I can set, I set a trap barehanded and I know that I, uh, I can catch a coyote there barehanded. It's not here, here. I still haven't, <laughs> I want to try it and I may try it this year in a few places. Yeah. I still think, I think it'll be hard to, I don't have the confidence in that. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is, that is pretty interesting how that works. And, and who knows, you might j- yeah. just happen to, you set, barehanded and the coyote that comes by that night might be the the 80 percent of coyotes that don't maybe not don't really care about scent and so you catch them and you think oh right. that works or it might be the one of the 20 percent that actually cares about it and backs away from the set and you say oh i'll never do this again it doesn't work <laughs> so right yep yeah, it's hard to say no no right or wrong answer necessarily but uh no and we're always i i in trapping, I always look at it as we're always learning. I mean, I'm always learning something. I'm always trying to learn something new to see if it'll take me, you know, if it'll increase my catch or make things easier. So, yeah. If if you weren't, then it, it would get pretty boring. Yeah, that's what. And, and I look at it sometimes. That's why I'm kind of going back to my um, trapping a mix mix species here in Maine because out in Kansas, I know once I go out there, it's going to be either a coyote, a bobcat, or a badger, but uh, like it trapping up here in Maine, I like the 
the variety, especially on my line down here. We got red fox, gray foxes, coyotes, and then you get fisher, boon, bobcats. So, I mean, there's a lot of species here that we're able to trap. Um, so it makes your trap line here in Maine, for me anyways, down in southern Maine, pretty exciting because you never know what's around the corner. Yes, for, for sure. And I, I always, I, the guy that taught me how to trap, I, I always thought he was crazy because once in a while we'd be setting traps and we'd be setting, 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 and it was getting kind of boring. And he all of a sudden he'd come up with some harebrained idea on this set that he was going to make, which made no sense for the area. But he said, well, why don't we see if a Martin will get going to this, you know? And uh, at, at yeah, I, looking it back, it, it just, it kept things interesting. That's That's what it did. Yep. So yeah yeah well jason this has been uh this has been great opportunity to to chat with you no thank you for the uh opportunity to do this it's it's been it's been interesting yeah right on we'll have a great trapping season and uh, it's good to catch up with you oh that was fun it was great to get a chance to talk with jason he's one of those guys that is so into trapping and is so passionate about it that we, we actually after the interview we talked quite a bit more about trapping uh, all over the country and and bounce some ideas off each other and and he has just a, a ton of different thoughts and just a really always looking to learn new things and to experience new things in, in trapping so it's that was really good hope you enjoyed the episode guys as always you can contact me um, i'm trying to get a little better about answering my emails jrodwood at gmail.com j-r-o-d-w-o-o-d at gmail.com with questions comments and so forth and trappingtodaystore.com pick up your lure it's uh, not too late to get lure for the trapping season even if you're in one of those northern states that starts early i got uh, plenty of lure in stock and shipping it out uh, asap as soon as i get the orders so uh, trappingtodaystore.com for your lure and the special book deal until next time guys keep on talking trapping keep on thinking trapping we'll catch you on the next episode